Imagine how it would feel to go into labor confident that it's going to be a calm and beautiful process. Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Original Design Podcast. Wherever you plan to birth, this podcast can help you prepare more deeply for your labor. In each episode, you'll hear uplifting birth stories from amazing women. When they share their stories, you witness through your mirror neurons on a subconscious level that your authentic desires for birth are possible too. And it builds faith, especially when they share about their upbringing and any obstacles that they overcame along the way. So by tuning into this podcast, you're expanding your belief in your ability to birth. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of living out your original design. If you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a review, comment, and share it with a friend that's struggling or could really benefit from the information you're about to hear. He actually wants to birth the promises that you're believing for, mm. and our perseverance in prayer um, saw that happen. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me in your home. Today we're going to talk about Mirabelle's birth. Mm. So the actual day of your labor with Mirabelle. Did you know it was coming? <laughs> um, what was it like? I was actually so funny. Um, <laughs> So I had read a book on supernatural childbirth um, because I just felt like there was something greater because a lot of people had said to me, birth is a very scary and painful experience, but on hindsight, it's worth it. And something about that, mm-hmm. it just didn't it didn't hit my heart in a way that was peaceful. Um, and so I kind of just went through this journey of wanting to know what it would look like to actually enjoy the birthing process, um, enjoy giving birth to my children in a way that's peaceful to me and peaceful to them, um, having unity with my husband and just cultivating an environment of peace. I remember it so vividly. I was just sitting on our couch. I was like, I think I'm having a contraction. <laughs> so he got out his phone and we started timing them. Yeah. <laughs> And they were about a minute long and five minutes apart, but no pain, very mild. And so we just decided to um, just enjoy each other's company. So that was about three o'clock in the afternoon. So we got takeout and we jumped into bed. We watched Netflix yeah. <laughs> in the afternoon. So and, then, <laughs> and then we went for a drive and got Messina ice cream. And then we went to bed. Yeah. Yeah, went to sleep. Yeah. Um, and I had so much peace going to sleep. I wasn't anxious. I was so rested. I think Kayla gave me a massage. Um, and I think we both kind of knew this is going to happen, mm. maybe in the night. Um, yeah. Yeah. And did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so I got up to um, get a heat pack because I kind of woke up to a contraction that was quite intense. Mm. And as soon as I opened the door to the microwave, my waters broke. It's so weird. Yeah. It's exactly what people say when you. It feels like you need to go. You need to go to the toilet, but you can't stop it from coming out. Yes, yes. 
So I, I just remember calling Caleb and saying, babe, can you come here? Because it was pitch black. Yeah. Can you come here and turn the light on? I think my water's just broke. And he came out with the light on and he was like, they definitely broke. Because there was so much water. Wow. Yeah, there was so much. I was wow. like in a puddle of it in that kitchen. Wow. So I got off the phone to my midwife and then my contractions got really painful. And they were about two minutes apart and they were about 30 seconds long. And I just got straight in the shower and started rocking from side to side, making really deep noises. So good. <laughs> so funny. People said to me, you're going to sound like a mooing cow when you're going to labor. And I was like, oh, that's a weird thing to say. And it's so true. Um, yeah. So we called Rowena again and she just said to us, you could still be quite a long way off and you have an hour and a half drive, but if you're not more than four centimeters dilated, we can't admit you so you'll just be in the waiting room downstairs and you might be more comfortable at home so in that moment I was like I have no idea what to do because I I don't have a reference for what my body's going through um I I trust your opinion but I I don't know and so I just had this like reminder of like the surrenderedness Mm. you just like give it to the Lord he actually just speaks to you Mm. um so I just remember being in the shower like Lord, what should I do? Should I stay or should I go? And he was like, you need to get in the car. Wow. Yeah, and I remember it. So I remember saying to Rowena, okay, we're on our way. And she was like, perfect, we'll meet, I'll meet you there when you get there. Mm-hmm. So Caleb quickly made a coffee. We got in the car. Um, and then the whole time we're still believing that I shouldn't be experiencing any pain. And even though I am, mm-hmm. we just kept praying in tongues and we didn't want to compromise on what we were believing for and mm-hmm. that um, – the Lord had something higher for us. So do you mind mm. if I ask, so what were you believing for? Like, what did you feel like? Oh, like, this is this is the promise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was very much believing for um, the ability to have a vaginal birth, natural birth with no complications. Um, I didn't want to have a long labor. I didn't want to have pain. Um, or if I did, I wanted it to be minimal um, and I didn't want to have any, f- I think the biggest thing was like no fear. So even if pain was to come, I didn't want to have fear that what I was believing for wasn't being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, so when pain happened, and I think also for Caleb and I, we just realized that regardless of any of that, the biggest thing for us was to actually fight to have unity um, because in a moment where you're complete surrender and you feel like you have no control over what's happening if you then project your fear into the other person that it creates disunity and then we're not on the same page mm. and so now what we're believing for has been broken mm. and so that was really important to us yeah. so um every time i had a contraction we would just pray in tongues we would rebuke the pain we would just acknowledge the lord acknowledge the presence of god and so then I just I remember closing my eyes and just saying, Jesus is with me, Jesus is with me, Jesus is with me. And then I started praying in tongues like so loud, like chanting. Um, and then the pain started to disappear. Mm. And Caleb and I, we just got louder and louder. And then all of a sudden, we're like the Holy Spirit is here. The Trinity of God is here. And I could feel it in every single way. I could feel like... I'm getting tingles talking Whoa. about it. I could like, I could feel just like the love of God as a dad. Like I'm here for you, my daughter. Like I'm so here with you. And then I pictured Jesus next to me with his arm around me, like 
we're here with you. Like, I'm not leaving your side. You've got this. Mm-hmm. And then I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit just send tingles, um, like supernatural tingles through my body where mm-hmm. I just knew that, like, I just knew that I wasn't alone in what mm-hmm. I was feeling and it wasn't too far-fetched what I was believing for. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm. And so at that point, the contractions, the pain got less and less, and then they got further and further apart. So then when we got to the hospital, we were laughing. <laughs> I just remember just, like, thanking the Lord and us, like Caleb and I, just laughing and just having fun. Like, there was yeah. joy in the middle of intensity. <laughs> oh, and yeah. when you get giggly. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. It gets giggly. Yeah, it gets real giggly. Yeah. And then we had to battle. So when we get to the hospital, the contractions are further apart and they're shorter. And then the lie comes that you came to the hospital prematurely Mm. and your labor's backing off. Mm. And so now you're just going to sit in the waiting room and you shouldn't have come this early. Mm. The enemy will try and rob you where he can. He really will, especially when there's – a bond of unity that you're trying to establish with someone else and he'll relationally try and tear that down. Mm. Um, and so Caleb and I felt that, like, urge to be like, oh, did we come too soon? Should we have come? And we just chose, like, we just we felt the temptation to just, like, this is what we were believing for and it didn't quite happen, so we'll just be okay. Like, we'll just keep persevering. Like, we felt the temptation to do that, but our conviction and we felt the presence of the Trinity. We were like, we're absolutely not backing down from what we've been believing for. So we're walking into the Mata Hospital praying in tongues um, and, they <laughs> and they sent us up to where my midwife was um, and she just took one look at me and she was like, you're absolutely... Um, in need of an assessment, I'm going to see how far along you are. <laughs> and so she takes us to our birthing suite room and she checks me and she's like, you're eight centimetres dilated. I need to, <laughs> I need to fill this water, this bath up because I really wanted to have a water birth. Yes, yes. Um, and I think yeah. at that point we just, it was just like a little reminder that like mm-hmm. our faith and um, our perseverance in what we're hoping for is never left um, unfulfilled by God. Like he actually wants to birth the promises that you're believing for. Mm. And our perseverance in prayer um, saw that happen. And so that was just like one of the glimpses of like, man, God is real and it's not too far-fetched to believe what we're believing for. Like he mm. actually wants this for us. He wants this for us more than we want it for ourselves. Mm. Like how scripture says, like he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. We just really felt that in that time. Mm. Um and so then I, while she was filling up the water in the bath, I got in the shower and I just remember looking at Caleb just laughing, just saying, I have no pain, babe. I have no pain. Like, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so strongly in my body. Like, my, I felt like all my hair was, like, standing on end. And, um, then Caleb started laughing and we were holding hands, just, like, connecting, just, like, looking into each other's eyes, like, this is exactly what we desired and um, we're here for one another. Like he was such a good support person because I think because we'd pre-established what we wanted to believe for, he knew what his responsibility was as far Mm. as like leading his wife in faith. So he didn't feel, um, 
unsure of what he was doing or his role in any of it. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so powerful. That's really, so, really important. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes, like, you know, you know, the man might not have a grid for, like, well, what do I do? Like, exactly. you've got an active role here, but what's my exactly. active role? Exactly. So, yeah, establishing that beforehand, that's really, yeah. really powerful. Yeah. yeah. So we – just to go back, yeah, about please, yeah. two months before Mirabelle was born, we actually yeah. went away for a weekend and yes. we discussed, like, what are we believing for in our birth? Like, mm. what do we want each other to be for one another? Like, how do we even want a parent? How do we see the first three months of her life? Um, and it was kind of like something that we could actually work towards in prayer every single day and in faith. And we did that. So we kind of set a foundation of, like, this is what we're believing for. This is what we will not back down from. And this is what, like... I like um, in our in unity in our marriage is what we need from one another in this time to like not lose sight of one another to not have fear um, to not hold the other person to what they're experiencing. So Caleb was so good. Like even when the contractions were there, he never went. Oh, I've got to meet my wife where she's at and let her just experience this pain. Like he always just pulled me up out of it to the superior truth without being like um, kind of authoritative in the wrong way if that mm. makes sense mm. Mm. Um, but yeah and so I think it's really powerful to have that established before you go into labour with your partner yeah so absolutely. that you can be one yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. that's really really powerful yeah yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and so yeah then my midwife said you might feel an urge to push pretty soon um, and if you want put your hand down um, down there and see if you can feel anything and I just remember putting my hand down there and saying to Caleb, she's got hair on her head. I can feel her head. <laughs> and it was the weirdest feeling, um, feeling a human head in that part yeah. of your body. It's just, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. Birth itself was so supernatural. Just, it's just crazy that, like, mm. nothing bad was happening to my body at that point. Mm. Nothing at all. Mm. And there was joy in the room and there was just, like, a peaceful atmosphere. Um, and so then I got in the bath ready to push um, and I didn't have any pain um, or anything like that. And I think I pushed about three or four times um, and I felt her head gradually get further and further towards coming out. And then I just remember this, like, this feeling of like, oh, my gosh, I need to just like – I was on my knees um, and I just remember this feeling of like I need to hoist myself up just a little bit more and it was very strong and quick. And I remember doing that. And I just turned to Caleb and I just said, I think she's coming out. I think she's coming out. She literally fell out of me into the <laughs> bath. Um, yeah, I didn't push or anything. I, it wasn't like I pushed her whole head out and then her body came. It was like that much of her head was sticking out, so maybe five centimetres. And then she literally fell out. Mm-hmm. From my, just from my body knowing that all I had to do was just hoist itself up that little mm-hmm. bit more for her to just freely come. Yeah. Um, and what did it feel like to have that urge to bear down? I think if you overthink it in your mind and you try to just, like, understand what's happening to your body, you I think you do run the risk of being afraid because you've never experienced it before and your body's literally doing what it knows it has to do. Mm. But your mind can get in the way and stop it from happening because of fear. Mm. Um, so I just – my midwife was really, again, really good um, – spiritually with just helping me mm. she's like your body knows what it needs to do just let like listen to what it's doing mm. and let it do it mm. don't try and push it 
um, in the opposite direction or fight against it because mm. that's when you could tear, um, you could hemorrhage, and that's when all the negative stuff will come. Mm-hmm. Um, when you work against the natural exactly. like design of your body. Exactly. Yeah. And then I remember looking down in the water at yeah. my child just like shocked that she had come out, fallen out of me <laughs> and was just lying in the water. And it felt like 30 seconds, but it was probably only five seconds when my midwife was like, when you're ready, just gently pick your daughter up and hold her in your hands and um, like bring her up out of the water kind of thing. And I was just... You can't explain the euphoric feeling you have when you meet your first child um, for the first time. It's like, ah, it's like you pray into like the person that they're going to be and you have just like this love for this person and you pray and you speak to them every day. But then when you actually physically see them manifest, it's like, I don't know, it's just like the most euphoric, beautiful thing. It's so, so overwhelming. And I think also, like, I really wanted my birth to be peaceful for her sake as well. Like, I want her journey into the world to be peaceful from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Caleb and I picked her up and saw her and held her, it was like, uh, it's <laughs> such an emotional thing. It's like this adrenaline's just pumping through you and it's like the fulfillment of what you were believing for has just been accomplished and your child is healthy and happy and... Um, nothing's wrong with her and she's yeah, yours to now nurture and you just feel like you step into this role of like I'm, I am always going to fight for what's best for you in your life. And did you, did you feel to stay in the bath for a little while or did you just like, oh, I need to get out right away or what um, did you feel? I stayed in the bath for about, I think about five minutes because mm. um, we were just enjoying it. Yeah. Um, and then my midwife said to me, do you, want, um, do you want to stay in the bath or do you want to have a shot to give birth to your placenta or what do you want to do? Do you want to try breastfeeding? Um, and we wanted to do delayed cord clamping um, with the placenta. Um, and so I was like, I'd love to try breastfeeding um, and I'd love Kelly to have a hold at some point as well. So I got out of the water. And it, five minutes doesn't seem like that long but when you're in that in that bubble of this is my newborn baby, it feels like forever. Mm. Um, and so I stood up to get out of the bath and literally as I stood up, my placenta fell out. <laughs> um, and my midwife was like flustered on what to do. She was like, I've never, this has never happened before. Um, I don't know if I should like just bear with me as I figure out what to do. Um, so she's like, trying, I don't even remember. I think she got one of those, like a kidney tray that you put kidneys on, to like scoop it up out of the water and then walk with me as I walked to the bed. Um, and Caleb was just like, what? Like he could just see on his face. He was just like, oh, I was not expecting that to happen. Again, it's like when you just surrender um, to, like I think sometimes we actually prevent our bodies from doing what it's meant to do because we preempt fear. So I could have just said, yep, just give me the injection, it'll be easier. Mm. But I didn't even think that I'd need it or want it because I just I wanted my body to actually be given the opportunity to do what the Lord intended for it. Like mm. he, 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 no, like, it's just so intricate how he's created us. And I just knew that um, it wasn't up to me trying to make something happen, but actually mm. just coming back to my union with the Lord yeah. and letting him just instruct me on 
the way forward and it was always the pathway of peace. Yes. I'm just not in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. So you're holding newborn and you're going to just lay down and, yeah. and learn to breastfeed and see. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was from when my waters broke to when she was born, it was just under five hours. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Including a car trip. <laughs> Including a car trip. Yeah. Wow. And Amazing. I would say about 80 to 85% pain free. Come on. Yeah. It's so cool. So it's such a testimony to, um, yeah, faith. Faith. Like, and the Lord actually wanting to show up with what you're believing for and partner with you if yeah. you let him. Yeah. Um, and not yeah. compromising on your convictions. I love that. Yeah. It's so, um, so powerful. Yeah. Yes. And so another thing, yeah, another thing we were believing for was just like easy breastfeeding. Um, yeah. I, I think the, diff, the biggest difference I've found between having baby one and baby two is baby one, because you haven't been through it before, a lot of people will just freely give you their advice, their opinion, um, their ideas on what will go wrong, what won't go wrong, like what you need to know. A lot of it I found was around like what can happen in a negative sense. So even with breastfeeding, it's like fed is best, not breast is best, a lot of that, in fear of like me not being able to breastfeed, that kind of thing. So again, we were just believing for an ease in her latching on, um, her being empowered and feeling safe enough to just do what she needs to do um, and find my boob as easily as she's meant to. Mm. Um, and she did. She was such a good feeder. Um, it was really easy for me. Um, did yeah. anyone, like, show you, you know, like, did your midwife go, okay, this is the hamburger yeah. hold or whatever yeah. they call yeah. it? Like, <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I, I loved it. My midwife was like, she was all for skin to skin. Yes. Like you hold your baby as much as you need to. Don't, um, don't put her down because in fear of producing like a bad routine for her or anything, but skin to skin. She will love skin to skin. Give it to her as much as you want. And so, so I, yeah, I loved that advice. Um, and so I just remember Mirabelle lying, like her tummy on my tummy. So she was like head down on my tummy. Yes. Kind of like, like planking over me, um, feeding, um, and my midwife just helped, like, express the milk onto my nipple and, like, how to put it in her mouth properly and put a little bit on her lips to just help her get a taste for it um, and to help her because they're so sleepy. They're just so, like, she just slept the whole time from when she was born basically for a while. So um, she just helped me. Yeah, position my nipple in a way that would wake her up and help her latch on properly. And she was a great feeder and never had any issues at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. I wanted to ask, in that postpartum time, um, are there any other, like, practical things um, just in the healing of your body that you found yeah. really useful? Because it's, yeah. like, it's something that, you know, there is a healing process. There is a, a process of your body, you know, transforming from something where it's been holding a baby inside for nine months yeah and then it does need to transition again yeah exactly you know to move yeah. back to um you know yeah a new I, normal or whatever yeah, so what um, was that like that journey for you like i was actually physically in my body it was challenging but i i don't think that i was prepared or made aware of the intensity of the recovery 
Um, and it's kind of funny because when you think about it, your body's gone from not hosting anyone else to now having a baby over nine months to then um, having to basically go back to what it was like before you had a baby. My midwife, Rowena, she said to me, there is a fourth trimester and it lasts mm. at least six to 12 weeks. Um, and I th- think I fully realized that a couple of days after giving birth to Mirabelle, how much the fourth trimester was very much about her and what she was experiencing in it, but also about me and my body. Mm. The fourth trimester is very much about how my body is going to recover from what it just went through yes. and it needing to be nurtured and yes. needing as much attention and time and love as Mirabelle does. Mm. Um, and women can be quite um, harsh and also a little bit obsessed with yeah. their physical um, bounce back. Yeah. Um, what was that journey like for you? I think sometimes we're, um, there's this pressure that just comes from the world um, and comparison with one another about bouncing back and um, having to be back to who you were within two or three days of giving birth. And being out in social outings, and it's almost like we're so afraid to stop and do nothing that we push ourselves too far and over overdo it mm. to compensate for that. There's so such true. a there's such a lie that says um, you can't do nothing. Like you need to like because people will think this about you or that. And we're so driven by the fear of man instead of actually just resting in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and the, the name Mirabelle, when did you get that name? About two years before I found out I was pregnant, I had this dream. And in the dream, there was a little girl who was about two years old and she had um, like light blonde hair, which Mirabelle has now. Um, and she was at my parents' house. Um, and she was playing on the coffee table with her books and toys and stuff. And my mum was with her and she was kneeling behind her my mum was like really sick, almost like she had the flu or just like wasn't feeling well and just drained of energy. And in the dream, Mirabelle turned around and looked at my mum and put her hand on her cheek and just smiled at her. Just like, just like took, them, took a moment and then turned back around and went back to playing with the toys and stuff. And my mum immediately felt overwhelmed with love. Um, she was completely healed. And she, I just remember like the last thing I remember seeing in the dream was my mum just like weeping almost like God was real. Like mm-hmm. She had just experienced the realness of God mm-hmm. through Mirabelle just like putting a hand on her yeah. and just like loving her. Yeah. Um, and then I woke up. Mm-hmm. And in the dream, her name was Mirabelle because my mum had said, Mirabelle, what are you doing? Oh, kind wow. of thing. Yeah. Oh. And so I remember I wrote this dream down and I wrote down the name Mirabelle. And it's crazy because she's two now and she's very much starting to look like the little girl that I saw in the dream. Yeah. So it's... That's trippy, wild. really that's trippy. So yeah, wild. yeah. Ooh, so that's where the name came from. Wow. Yeah. Um. Well, we're gonna finish in a sec, but um, I just wanted to ask three quick, <laughs> fun questions. Okay. What was the best thing that you bought for um a hundred dollars or less Ooh. for birth or pregnancy or baby? Um. One thing that definitely comes to mind is a Chico baby wrap. Oh yeah. So that's like a um. It's like an elasticy baby wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, you can basically just like strap the baby on and you tie it up. Um, and is that the thing that's like five thousand meters long when you yeah. first pull yeah. it out? You're yeah. like, what do I do yeah. with yeah. How this? How do I wrap it around my body? <laughs> yeah, and then it the magically one. gets yeah. on, and you're like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, and it's like 
beautiful, yeah. like, organic material. Yeah. Um, and I loved it because it allowed Mirabel to be snug as if she was still in the womb. And it was, that's, like, comfort and safety to her during this, like, especially the first six weeks. So I could wrap her up really close and she was still skin to skin. Mm. Um, and I could basically um, go for a walk or um, do some housework or do some cooking or just lie down with her distracted on the front on my front. Um, mm. And I really loved that, like the closeness, but then also not having to physically hold her. It yes. didn't hurt my back or anything like that. As you're yes. getting used to just carrying a baby all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because that's what that's what it's like. Yeah. You carry your baby everywhere. Yeah. Practical advice for the first few days postpartum. We've already mm-hmm. talked about, you know, stay in your home, rest. Yeah. I mean, for me, the first couple of days, like your baby's still just like sleepy and but honestly, just sleep and feed, sleep and feed, sleep and feed. Um, do those awful poos that they do. It's like this transition to this like khaki green, to this like, my midwife said it'll go into like a Dijon mustard with cottage cheese lumps type poo and that's like the perfect poo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think... I love how precisely in food terms yeah, you like yeah, it's really in details. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think those first couple of days, the best thing you can do for your baby is actually look after yourself because yes. you only have barely have breast milk yet. Mm. Um, they just want to be close to you and just rest. Like, just rest. don't feel bad sleeping. Like, sleep when your baby sleeps. Yeah, sleep with your baby. Yeah. Sleep very close to your baby. I wouldn't worry about putting a baby in a bassinet to sleep or anything like that. Mm, just um, let them know how close you are because um, that's going to comfort them. Mm. And rest, just rest, just rest. So good. Okay, and the last one is if if you had a billboard, which was like mm. for every pregnant woman to see about birth. What does the billboard say? What would I say? Don't let fear rob you of the joy. I think that's what I it would yeah. say. Yeah. Don't, Don't let, let fear, fear rob, rob you of the joy. Of the joy. Yeah. That's what I would say. Amen. That's yeah. good. Amen. So good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, so honestly and openly about your journey. A pleasure. It's so it's so powerful. It's so useful mm. for everyone just to hear what it's like to know that they can actually experience what they deeply desire, yeah. what they believe, um, what they have faith for. That Amen. it's that it's possible. So yeah. thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs>